Lions fans. It's time for the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where the Kool-Aid runs blue, faces turn red, and rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is the Detroit Lions Podcast. Your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. And now, two guys who've had enough of this shit. Chris and the Riz. Hey, Idaho Lions fans, welcome to the Detroit Lions Podcast, episode 389. One more win. This is the official Detroit Lions Podcast for Reddit. I am your dashing host, Chris, and with me is my good friend and co-host, Jeff Le Riz. And he doesn't spell it G-E-O-F-F. Rizden, how you doing, brother? <laughs> I am not a G-O-F, I'm a Jeff. <laughs> Jeffrey, R-E-Y, not Uri. There, there's so many different variations of it that are just maddening. But yes, it's good to be with you, Chris. <laughs> your, your, your alter ego is going to be Geoff Razor. <laughs> oh, man. So I don't know if you saw Twitter. I, I buried my face in a 64-ounce margarita, literally, then got oh. driven home, and we started the show. I mean, it, it, it was that quick of a turn. Wow. Achievement. Oh, let, me, let me pull this out. I've got it. God bless here. your driver. Achievement unlocked. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah my driver's very my good wife. she did a great job she's spectacular um <laughs> so is this the margarita joint that we went to when when i visited your your humble abode yeah yeah oh that place that place had good food oh man it's 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 a great i, I mean i had the uh the bacon fajitas were great yeah <laughs> <laughs> i i just it, uh, tampa is not renowned for mexican and frankly it's it, it was hard to find a good spot this place is very very well done very well done Oh, and Riz, I'm going to miss having you there. But it is what it is. We're going to talk about a lot in this this show, and and, and it's not going to be uh, Mexican food and margaritas. Uh, we got a review of the Falcons game. We're going to talk about an injury report. We're going to take a look at what to look for an offensive coordinator going forward. Uh, we'll look ahead to the Seahawks. Got that a whole lot more. And really, I mean, I mean, I picked a bad time to get all amped up and tweaked out on on mezcal <laughs> but we'll talk a bit about joe uh john madden at the at the very top of the show here uh news yeah. just broke about a half hour ago that he's passed at 85 years old we'll get into that we'll talk about what he means to us and uh talk a little bit about him tonight we've got a great show lined up riz are you ready to go my man oh let's do it let's kick this off and break it down Drinking doesn't stop just because I left the restaurant, and it's in a sweet new look at that Detroit look at that Lions koozie. can koozie, it's and we've beautiful. got them. We've got them now in full size can availability as well, not just a slimmy. So set yourself up with those great koozies. Um, all right, and we 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 do have a wicked suitcase, Riz. I happen to have one. I don't have it with me on me, but I got it, and it is awesome. And my kids loved it too. They're like, "Oh, Dad, that's sweet. I might need to borrow that one." <laughs> It's pretty sweet, isn't it? I mean, I was yeah. like, I was like, this is a pretty good deal. All right. Um, from that, we'll got about we'll go right into John Madden. Um, yeah, John Madden was, is uh, a guy who's he's iconic, obviously, for the NFL. Folks here don't know it. Um, we had we had very very close to having him lined up for an interview about a year and a half ago, and um, his health got in the way of being able to do that, and it was it was super disappointing i've kind of had conversations with some some folks who are some folks and um you know we we love john obviously we would never push him to a place where he was uncomfortable the the respect i have and i know riz i i speak for you there the respect for john madden cannot 
be matched. He is iconic. He's amazing. He means so much to everything NFL. And especially when we grew up, Riz, the, the Madden years experiencing the NFL through John Madden. This is, yeah. you know, it isn't yeah. a loss to football today because he's not announcing today, but this is a loss to the NFL community. He's so, I mean, and he was conversing in the background with so many people. He was out there. You don't know how much of his blood was still flowing. He, yeah, he had a lot of tentacles or a lot of fingers and a lot of different pies, um, even up to the very end. Yeah. And, uh, you know, um, we we are old enough to remember him coaching the Raiders back yeah. in the day. Yeah. Um, and he, he was a very good coach. He was a very um, player-empowering coach in an era where that was not a common thing. Mm-hmm. And he won by doing it, and it won over Al Davis, the, the notoriously uh, prickly. Um, and and I, I mean that in all respects. I'm glad I you, love Al Davis. I'm glad you added added the lead of that just just for sake. Of yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. But Al Davis wasn't the easy guy, easiest guy to get along with. Nor was John Madden back in the day. He was very stubborn. Um, always had his players' backs. He's sort of the forerunner of the player coach or, or players coach, not a player coach, but players coach of, of guys who, um, you know, Marty Schottenheimer comes from that descent. Dan Campbell is, is a, a, somewhat of a direct descendant of that, of guys who, um, Tony Dungy is, is a great example of play of guys who they, they tr- earn the trust and respect of their players by being there for their players and advocating for their players and fighting for their players, even with the ownership at times of, of their own teams. Um, that's John Madden. Um, and that, that's the, that's the first legacy in the NFL that he had. Then he became a broadcaster and he, mm. he revolutionized, you know, just saying bam and boom. boink and <laughs> yeah, boom. Um, nobody did that. <laughs> they just didn't. He's gone. There was no, there was no, there was, oh, he's great. There was no onomatopoeia in the NFL until John Madden became a broadcaster and uh, we're all better for that. And, and now, now most people, Anybody under probably 30 um, only knows him from video games. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. uh, the Madden video games, while I haven't played one in a very long time, um, my son actually played games on it today with his friends. And I know that millions and millions and millions of you have, have played it and still play it. And it's uh, interestingly, it's, um, the last time I did play it was like two years ago. Um, and other than not understanding how to use my son's Xbox controller, I was still able to run plays and like, like be effective with it. The game really hasn't changed all that much, but the commentary with it and, and just how he popularized like, like simple terminology, making complex things seem simple for the average fan. Um, and did it in a way where he didn't like, he didn't necessarily dumb down the concepts. He just explained it in a way that was relatable. And that's that's kind of a lost art, quite frankly. Uh, and uh, it, he he was so good at it, man. It, it's it's tough. I, uh, I'm, to I'm, see. I'm a little bit sad about what EA has done with that franchise and kind of how they've cheapened his name because because he John Madden was better yeah. than EA will ever be as a company. And and I'm not well, I am knocking EA, but I'm not I'm not knocking Madden's legacy by taking him down and comparing him to EA. He is he's far yeah. far above that. But they've I mean they've done a terrible job with that, and you you can see that throughout the years he's 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 become less involved over time, and 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 they've just turned it into what EA turns things into, and that is. But his name on there still means something. You know what I mean? It, does. it means it means a lot to EA. I'll tell you that. <laughs> but, <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> but it is definitely a stamp of of reality. And uh, John was 
just everything. He was football. I'm, I'm still getting messages from my my friends nationally about. Um, and you get the Madden Cruiser, um, how he famously refused to fly and took the bus everywhere. He changed the way like, media gets to experience the world and their job. He empowered folks that were in the booth and, and added a celebrity to that role that wasn't as much there before John. They, they, there was folks who tried, hey, former football player, you know, Frank Gifford. But, oh, yeah, great. Frank Gifford, Frank. right? Love Frank. He, he married silly. He was all, you know what? He was all right in <laughs> retrospect. After after having listened to Chris Myers three times in six weeks, I have a new appreciation for yeah. for Frank Gifford and Fran Tarkenton. And yeah. yep. O.J. Simpson back in the day was was okay in the booth. Wasn't 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 bad. Yep. You know, like, but Matt Madden was Madden was just something different. He was revolutionary. Yeah. And he changed like he paved the way for a lot of the I know a lot of people don't like him, but the way Akib Talib broadcasts, like yeah, like the yeah. sound the sounds of the game, the feel of like what it was to be on the field. Yeah. Nobody did that before. Um and, and he he was probably the best of that. Him and, and I'll, I'll give I'll give Dan Deardorff some credit on that too, because I, I think Dan Dan went down that road uh, as well. And that, I, I that Monday night I, football I like Dan Deardorff a lot. That Monday night crew of Al Frank and Dan. Al Michaels, yeah. Frank uh Gifford, and Dan Deardorff was one of the best crews they were doing good. football in, in my lifetime either way doesn't matter i want to get i want to hit really quick jerry jones of all people right jerry jones who's derided all the time by people for you know jerry world whatever they give him they give him heck whenever they can probably one of the most poignant um kind of uh statements about the passing of john that's been out so far and, and and it was just it's just very good i wanted to read it really quick credit to jerry where he deserves it and this is definitely one of those cases This is a loss that is as big as the legacy that John Madden created, a legacy of love, love for family and for football and for life. I'm not aware of anyone who's made a more meaningful impact on the National Football League than John Madden, and I know of no one who loved the game more. When I think of a person of sports who is worthy of the term larger than life, I've always thought of John, and I always will. If you knew John, he made your life better. For me, he was a trusted confidant, advisor, a teacher, and above all, a very dear friend. When he walked into the room, it was a better day. When he talked, you listened and you learned. When he laughed, everyone in the room laughed. And when he got back on the bus to leave, you always wanted more. You're always looking forward to his next visit. Our hearts go out to Virginia and Joe and Mike and the grandchildren. He is survived by a wonderful family and literally millions of loved ones. And a life in football is a life in football is a gift and a blessing. John lived all of his days with dignity, kindness, and a sense of personal caring for everything and everyone. There's no one who lived a more beautiful football life than John Madden. And I regret my butt off not watching the Madden special on Christmas. I have it queued, waiting to go. It's one of those things I want to get the whole family around. I want my whole family there to experience this because he is so iconic and so important. And it brings on a whole new level of weight in watching it together. It's something. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. John Madden, we barely knew you, buddy. Thank you for everything you did for us and for football. Amen. All right, let's move on. Um, and I can now kind of not stifle the 64 ounces of margarita. Um, let's review <laughs> against the, the game against the Falcons. Um, 16 to 20, that number 16 keeps popping up in the Lions. 16, 16, 16. 16 wasn't on the field. All right. <laughs> that was. No, a, he'll be back. Thank God. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oof. I want to talk about that. Tim Boyle in particular. 
right? Okay. Who was there for sixteen? Might might as well uh, might as well get that elephant off off of our backs already <laughs> out of the room. I feel like he game managed. He did a great job managing that game. I feel like he was playing a bit scared. He didn't want to make that mistake. He was it's very, very scared, very conservative. Didn't want to make the mistake. Kind of. It was like, okay, okay. And and everybody else around him elevated them until they lost the lead. And then that's the time. That's the time. And this is what you talk about with the team game, right? This is the point where now you need your quarterback to step up and take everybody who's playing at this level to the victory, to the end, to the, to the, the promised yeah. land. And Tim Boyle did it to the very last pass of the game. Dan Campbell takes a little bit of blame said he wish he would have put a little motion out there so he could have done a little bit of a man's own read put it made it obvious for yeah. uh for Tim to see what the coverage was you look at the film it was actually a really really good defensive play late throw from Tim um he steered it down a little bit he padded the ball before he threw it he did he did, he did everything wrong that you could do wrong as a quarterback in throwing the interception he yes, had an it open was receiver. a good play by Atlanta. He had an open uh, receiver, right? He had an open receiver. He did. He didn't execute. Did. And that's the thing about elevating the team. This is what we talk about, right? The, the quarterback can't carry the team. This is why quarterback wins is such a silly stat. But the whole team did what they needed to. All you needed was the quarterback, the person who plays that position on Sunday, to play it at a good NFL quality level, and you win that game. And that's why and backups he, he are backups. Did, yeah, and he did some of the time, but not often enough. I, mm-hmm. I thought he came out very, very strong. Yeah, um, and I think that the Falcons were taken a little bit aback by how well he came out. Um, and and to go back to his previous start in Cleveland, where he completed what was it sixteen passes for seventy seven yards? Uh, he looked a lot better today, and he should. His thumb is healed. He's practiced with the team yeah. um, more more than once before going into it. So uh, I did see the improvement that I expected for on that front. He was de- definitely more in command of the offense. I think he had a better feel for what his receivers did. He threw a couple of very nice timing routes yeah. where the receiver hadn't quite made his break yet. Uh, both of them were to Amon, are the ones that I'm thinking of, where you know he put the ball when and where it needed to be. He he couldn't do that in the summer, and he couldn't do that in Cleveland. So I'm I was pleased at progress for him. We talked about this le- last week, Chris. One of my big things that mortifies me is that Brad Holmes has brought us Jared Goff and Tim Boyle as his epitomes of what he wanted at quarterback. And that scared the hell out of me. That's not fair though, Riz. We, but we have seen. That's not fair. Better, hold, on, we, hold on. Hold no, on. No, no. Jared Goff is not the epitome of what he thinks of his quarterback. He's the guy that he could fill the gap when Matthew Stafford wanted a leaf, right? We got to be honest about but that. He, but he, no, he want, he, he absolutely wanted Jared Goff. Like he he's made that clear. You like, have a, what an eighth round, or an eighth overall pick. If if you uh, if you if you trade with uh, Carolina this year, in the first, well, round. he got more. He got more picks from from uh, from the Rams, so that it made sense. Yeah, exactly, but like exactly the the, the Rams. <laughs> Like the, the, he likes Jared Goff. Okay, I, I, I give you that one hundred percent. But it wasn't like he traded Stafford for Goff. He got the best no, deal no, he out didn't. There, but he, and he Jared he, Goff he, had he, to be part of it, right? I mean, that's where it lands. But he he didn't object to having Jared Goff. Like like right, 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 right. He could have gotten other quarterbacks, and he wanted Jared Goff to be the quarterback. 
And what we saw from Jared Goff for the first eight to ten weeks of this year was like, holy crap, that guy's terrible. Uh, the Rams were smart to get rid of him. They, they they were smart to give up an extra first round to get rid of that stooge. And then we see Tim Boyle from the very first practice where, where Nick Popgartner and Jeremy Rice and I are looking at each other like, are we being punked? Like, where, where's the camera? Of Like, are we on, on candid camera here? Like, this guy, is this real? Um, and, and then we saw the first week of that, like, <clears throat> so now that I've seen better from Goff over the last six or seven weeks that he's played, I, I think we've seen at, at least some indication that Jared Goff is a, is a passable, serviceable NFL starting quarterback. He's not who I want in the long term. Um, and I don't, I don't think he's proven that he should be that in the long term. I'm, I'm sure we'll talk about that in a little bit. <laughs> but, and then, then we saw Tim Boyle last week. I'm like, okay, you can do worse than Tim Boyle. Like, um, uh, we watched Ian Book. If you watched the Saints game last night, mm-hmm. that guy, fourth round pick, he can't, he can't play a lick, like at all. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, and there's a lot of that going around. So I, I'm, I'm not going to say that I'm happy with the quarterback situation, but I feel better about the general manager in Detroit and his decision-making process and his eyes for the quarterback position. I still need to be wooed over much more, but I'm not like, oh, my God, he's going to give us, you know, I, I, I can't even think of it. Like, he's not going to draft Malik Willis number two overall and, and say you. that it's, it's the greatest thing. Right. Because uh, that guy shouldn't be drafted in the top 200, in my opinion. He will be. Um, but you know, that's, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm feeling a little bit more comfortable about the decision-making process that the general manager and, and his view for what he wants from a quarterback. I think he would, one of the things that that's weird is that one of the first and one of the few things that Tim Boyle showed us in the summer, he could run and he hasn't chosen to do that in either of his starts. And I wonder why that is. Because there's a lot of talk out there. Oh, we got to get a mobile quarterback. Oh, Dan Campbell wants a mobile quarterback. Yeah, Brad Holmes wants a mobile yeah. quarterback. That's why they like John Wolford out in, in in Los Angeles. And they like Boyle. Boyle's not a great athlete, but he's he can run. He's capable. He's not a he's not Jared Goff. He's not Matthew Stafford. He's more athletic than both of those guys. And he's shown no inclination at all to run. So that's 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 interesting to me. Let me ask you something because I'm. I must have missed something or or something happened that I didn't see. Where is it? Where do we get the info that uh, Brad Holmes wanted Jared Goff? Oh, because he 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 didn't have to have him in that trade. Right. Well, there's an extra he did not. No, the, 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 the trade was worked out without Goff being involved. And then it progressed to include Jared Goff. And, and so you, you you've heard that. And and I can okay. absolutely okay okay, um and I and I, I trust you and your sources right so there's two things here one you trade away Stafford and you just get your first round there's there's <laughs> you don't have your scouting staff you don't have your people in place it makes sense that you're not ready to go all in on a quarterback right away right because you're three years invested and you don't have the people in place to to do the investigation and investigatory work that you need to pick your franchise quarterback so I, I think that that part and and frankly. I mean, I'm not doing a good job because my memory is is but I mean, 64 ounces remember, clogged. Holmes, who's, Holmes who's the breakout draft. quarterback this year from from the draft? Probably Mac Jones. Okay, so um, Mac he's, he's been good. So let's say Mac Jones in the Detroit Lions I mean, offense. Trevor this year. Lawrence has been okay. Well, but we wouldn't have gotten him. Nobody was getting to, getting that away from no, Jacksonville. Right? No. But so let's just say Mac Jones. He's probably the best performer this year. Put him on the Lions, and you got a worse performance than you got from Jared Goff, right? At best, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I I don't know 
that he went after Jared Goff in particular. I think what Brad Holmes did is went after a replacement, a bridge, a potential quarterback. And we'll talk about the long term. You know, we, we, that's obviously one of the bullet points ahead. Um, but, but, but I think that extra first round pick later and taking Goff and his salary put us in a position where we knew this year was going to be a wiping clean of the roster and the dead cap Definitely. and set us up then for the rebuild. And we can evaluate Goff. We didn't give Goff the uh the weapons early well we did ish but they got hurt they all got hurt within two weeks right the yeah. top two yeah steve is gone yep. um tyrell will yeah. uh, williams gone tyrell williams gone gone yeah. gone 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 so we weren't able to evaluate him. josh reynolds show up right dan campbell starts doing play calling all of a sudden wow jared goff doesn't look so bad and 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 since he's what top top 10 since dan campbell started taking over the play calling or the last four games jared goff is like top 10 um, I have to go to the numbers. I have to go to the numbers. I saw that. I, I saw this in the Slack, and they he certainly played better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, yeah. there's, there's no doubt about that. Yeah, and and so all of a sudden, well, maybe Jared Goff isn't so bad. Everybody was out on Goff in week three. Right by week three, week four, everyone was like, "Fire him, get rid of yeah. Goff. This is the biggest mistake of the year." Now it's like, oh well, maybe. Wow, all of a sudden you get this guy weapons. It looked like again that game out there with like fifth string picks on the field, undrafted free agents, guys off the friggin' street because of COVID, playing that game. You put Jared Goff in that game and we win. We win against the Falcons. You know what I mean? Goff can can be your guy for another year. You you want to develop I, a younger yeah. guy. I just think in retrospect, whether he wanted Goff or wanted the picks or it was the best deal possible, Goff coming over me as a bridge, for example, winds up probably being one of the wisest moves that was available to Brad Holmes in this offseason. Oh, I don't, I don't when, dispute that at all. When Matt Stafford but, said, but, oh, i got to go somewhere else, right? But I, I, I would say that, that Brad Holmes' opinion of Jared Goff is probably quite a bit higher than anybody in lion's land would be comfortable with Fair coming enough. in. Um, he, he is, he is absolutely one of the reasons why they drafted him. Number one, confidence overall. in him and confidence in himself on that. Pick. One, yeah, uh, one of, one of the reasons why they, why Holmes was looking to leave was because that he, he was still somewhat of a golf guy. Mm -hmm. uh, now, obviously they could have worked that out and, and, Brad, Brad will tell you himself. I, I, I'm not. I, I will speak for him here. That Matthew Stafford's a better quarterback than Jared Goff. Yeah, everybody will. Yeah. Yeah. Well, think about um, this though. I, can I, can there's I, some couple people on Twitter in my mentions who will tell you that that's not true. But that's. Can uh, I tell you something together that's even weirder that hasn't yeah. that I haven't heard tied together? What if? Wow. What if Brad Holmes and Jared Goff were a package? Like oh that would be that would be wild and, and, or what is it McVay and Stafford just happened to be in Cabo together? What if the conversation started earlier with Andrew Whitworth there too? No less. What if the conversation yeah. started earlier <laughs> and and Brad Holmes was part of the conversation? Right? I mean, because like you're we're going to talk about offensive coordinators right now. If you think the Lions aren't poking around at offensive coordinators, and, and, and <laughs> you're nuts, right? You're nuts if you don't think they're what? Holy. Sorry, I just blew my own mind thinking about that. What if the combination was that Holmes and Goff were coming together? I feel like the the Keanu Reeves and Bill and Ted mean like whoa, right? <laughs> whoa! <laughs> oh my god, that's interesting as hell because yeah. it makes all the sense, right? Because and, and, the, and, and, and Holmes Holmes did sense. sort of come out of nowhere. I wouldn't say that. He people within the NFL circles knew that he was going to be a candidate to be a GM somewhere, but I think the the uh, 
the the terminal velocity with which he gained the lion's yeah. job was somewhat unseen outside of like the lion's room. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, 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 because uh, we we just played the Atlanta Falcons. Terry Fontenot is their GM. And he was seen as a guy who had some ties with some people, um, including Dave Campbell. And it, like, it, it, he never really materialized as a candidate. You know, he wound up in, in Atlanta, and I mean, they're, they're doing okay. That they, they, he certainly scored with Kyle Pitts, but yeah, I, I, I don't know if I can go along with your thing there, Chris. Maybe that, that's your margaritas talking, but it's uh, that's one of those things that we need. Uh, that's we need some some of the less savory folks to to delve into. Yeah, no, it's interesting concept. <laughs> And uh, found Richness with a super chat like Dumb and Dumber. So you're telling me there's a chat? It's funny. When that super chat, the lights went off in the background, I just, all I heard was cat banging through the door. <laughs> it was crazy. The background. Um, no, look, I'm not saying that's the case, but God, seriously, I mean, you could you could make this story, right? You could tie this story together and make it believable. That the It's bold- definitely a conspiracy theory that has more credibility than some of the things no, that no. I'm seeing out there with the Cons- tinfoil crowd. Conspiracy theory requires more than one person. I'm alone still with this one right <laughs> but the idea matthew stafford says i want to leave well shit well how, how are we going to get a quarterback the owners sheila's in there i'm freaked out i need a freaking quarterback i need a gm i need a coach holy shit what do i do well there's this guy brad holmes out there jared goss a decent enough quarterback can we make it work i mean i mean i you could you could i'm i'm not a writer you folks i mean anyone who's seen me right knows i'm not a writer but you could tie that story together and that would make sense it it almost makes more sense that than brad holmes being hired in a vacuum jared goff being thrown in with an extra first in a vacuum the way that that's interesting it's just interesting well well, it's an it's a thought experiment we'll put it in thought experiment and, and and move on if anyone else wants to join me on that we can make it a conspiracy theory otherwise it's just a theory Okay. We'll you might want there. to drink a margarita beforehand, too. <laughs> Just saying. Just saying. All right. So Tim Boyle <laughs> did his thing. He was he was okay. Like obviously he screwed the pooch at the end of the game. Um, that, that was a really bad interception. That was that was rough, man. But he was late. He played he, was late he played throw. he played better than he had shown, and he played better than most of us, and I'm certainly including myself in this most better than most of us expected him to play. Now, some of that has to deal with the fact that it was the Atlanta Falcons who have the worst pass rush in football. They have one cornerback, one, who would play on the Lions now with the Lions where they're at. Um, And A.J. Terrell is better than anybody that we've got, but the rest of their their guys are – none of those guys are better than Iffy. And and Iffy – um, actually, I have a film breakdown of Ify coming tomorrow at Lionswire on Wednesday. Lionswire got US, and uh, he uh, he's really good at doing the things that you want your safeties to do, and not so good at the things you want your corners to do. Which is very interesting because Will Harris is the opposite. I I don't know, Chris. I don't know. I can't explain that either. Um, let's go to Amon Ross St. Brown. Let's feel better about ourselves. Oh, okay. let's feel good about Amon Ra. The sun god delivered, baby. Uh, I, and, and I want to give not Barry Sanders in the subreddit, Detroit Lions, uh, some credit for this one. He's is Amon Ross St. Brown has shown up as one of the draft's great steals. Absolutely. 100%. Now, is has his targets been higher because we lack talent? Of course they have. Yes. Were Calvin Johnson's yes. targets higher because we lacked targets? Of course they were. Is they were. either one diminished by that fact? No. No, no, don't let that just, just diminish 
because because Amon-Ra now as a focus gets the focus of the defense, so he's now playing a more difficult role with Tim Boyle as his quarterback, and he's still delivering. That kind of gives Good. you the sense of the talent you have in this guy. I'm I'm high. I mean, not just his, his numbers, his not just the fact that he's progress. the only guy, but the fact that he's the only guy and he's played against their best people and and been able to do that. That means a lot. That means a whole. He, lot. He's had, he's had, he's trying to get some really nice games. And you think back to when Campbell took over the play calling and coming out of the bye, and he stressed that we had to pay better attention to the little details on offense. And one of the things that he was talking about was Amon Ross St. Brown's route running because he wasn't doing every, he wasn't running the same route on the same play the same way every time. And if you've watched the film over the last three, four or five weeks, he's been much more precise and much more consistent in his releases, in his timing, in his ability to get to point B where he needs to be at the right time and from the right angle. That has that's definitely shown up on game film, uh, and that that's a that's a credit to the the Lions' offensive coaching staff, mm-hmm. to Antoine Randall L. and to Dan Campbell, for, but also to Amon Ra himself for for not fighting back against it, but realizing that they're trying to help him. And you, you see other you see some rookies go the other way, like Coach, I'm, I'm doing my thing, man. What this is who I am? Why do you draft me if you didn't if you didn't think I was going to be that way? Um, there, there's the, the Colts are dealing with that right now yep, with yep. their guys. <laughs> um, uh, it's, 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 it shows that they made a very smart pick. Mm-hmm. Now I'm, uh, uh, to go long-term, do I think he's a number one wide receiver? No, I don't, but he's can certainly play as a very capable number two, number three slot receiver, move inside, outside. Um, I, I talked about it last week. He reminds me a whole lot of Jarvis Landry. Um, and uh, Jarvis Landry has been a really good receiver on a lot of good offenses for a long time. He, he's starting to slide a little bit this year, and he's he, actually his attention to detail has not been can so I, good. Can I really quick, Riz? I'm, I'm sorry. I don't yeah. want to jump in on you here, but I have to. Oh, go ahead. Jarvis Landry, and you say that, and people are like, oh, okay, Jarvis Landry, and they think of numbers. Jarvis Landry is one of those guys, though, that, and, and this is Wisco's point from the slack earlier, that uh, as because he's number two, Number three, he's down their depth chart. He hasn't got the credit for the impact he's had on the teams he's played for in his role. He's spectacular as a wide he's, receiver. He's a really, really good all-around wide receiver. He's one of the best blocking wide receivers. He's a leader in the in the Cleveland locker room. He was a leader in the Miami locker room. He, he's one of those guys, you look up at the end of the day and like, God, seven catches, 75 yards and a touchdown. I don't remember him playing. Like he does that every week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And Amon Ra is is very much so. Now I'm I'm with you, right? I I want, and I'm just going to pull names out of a hat here. I want Calvin Johnson. I want T.J. Lockett, and I want Amon Ra St. Brown. Right? Woo! Right? Woo! That doesn't diminish how valuable the Sun God is. And I want to no. make I want to make that no, clear. No, it doesn't. He no. is, and 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 people say, oh yeah, he's a good wide receiver three, and they say that as a kind of an insult, <coughs> as oh he's not one or two material. Amon Ra is a good wide receiver three, a great slot receiver, but he's like Wes Welker kind of kind of kind of. I mean, and, and I'm not in the same style exactly, but right, uh, just a playmaker changes the game with his presence on the field, and all of a sudden you get yourself. And this, we'll talk about this. You get yourself a nice. X and Y receiver and holy cow, 
the whole offense just the top is blown off it, right? Because now that yep. with Hawkinson and Jamal Williams and DJ, uh, Swift able to catch a pass, uh, Williams uh, able to run the ball between the tackles like he is, you've got a complete offense. That that offensive line we've got, you've got no worries that Jared Goff is your quarterback at that point. No worries at all. With, with I mean, apparel wide receivers, you do <laughs> apparel wide receivers changes the whole thing, and it, and it a healthy certainly helps. It, it, it absolutely makes Goff a viable quarterback for a team that can contend for the last playoff spot in twenty twenty two, which I think is probably as pie in the sky as you are going to get from me mm-hmm. at this point. Um, if Jared Goff is the quarterback, I think going nine and eight next year with adding two legitimate wide receivers, adding two legitimate pass rushers, um, bringing back Tracy Walker, adding in a playmaking safety, adding in at least one more defensive tackle, if not two. Um, there's, there's a lot of ifs there. If That's all that happens, you get, you, get Ho- you get Hawkinson back at full speed. You get DeAndre Swift for his healthy 10 games for the year before he goes out. Um, and then Craig Reynolds takes over and does his thing. Um, and I, th- I think that's going to be a trend, by the way. Uh, then, uh, then you can then you can convince me that this team can compete for the last playoff spot next year Slack with Jared Goff as their quarterback. Slack can tell me that I didn't just say that about Reynolds already. Uh, <laughs> the um, no, no. I mean, basically, what you talked about was seven players, right? You talk about seven players is the difference on the team, and, I, and that was a quick count as you were as you were running through those. Yeah, and that and that 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 is also making the very terrible assumption, um, and you can say this if you follow Cleveland at all, that the players who are good this year will be good next year. Mm-hmm. That that they're mm-hmm. they're going to continue to progress, yep. progress. I said that weird, it's okay. um, because that doesn't always happen. Sometimes guys don't like like they'll peak or they have a career year, and it just mm-hmm. happens to be early in their careers. Yeah. That that's so that's but, what but you got to be careful of. That's, that, that's what I'm worried about with. That's that's the that's the the idea of like a, a salary cap league, but what you expect and what I expect, and I don't want to put the words in your mouth. What I expect is an elevation of this team next year. I, I expect to see a heck of a lot more points put on the board by this team next year. I expect probably a static level of development from the defense, and I'm okay with that, even though we add players. Right. That's that's what my expectation for this team is next year, based on what we'll do and who we'll add. I I think I mean. It's the potential, and this is early. Look at the schedule. The potential yeah, for ten years, early. but I mean, it's basically if we had a sixteen-game season, you're back at an eight-and-eight eight kind of a team next year out of this team. But again, we said this is a team that wasn't going to win much, but made for a very fun and interesting year of football compared to those Patricia yeah. years. I think next year, eight wins in this team, nine wins in this team, in a in a seventeen-game uh, season. That's incredible. That's that's a whole different ball of wax. I hate that phrase. That's a whole <laughs> different thing for Lions fans, and the, and and the the trajectory is in the right direction uh, from there. But just just from what we've seen from this coaching staff has learned how to win over the last six mm-hmm. or seven weeks. They have a better record in the last seven games than the Ravens, the Seahawks. Um, there's one other team that's in the playoffs right now that that they have it too. Um, and I can't think of who. I'm blanking on. Okay. I should know that. I wrote it earlier today. Crap, but oh, the Saints. Um, although they fell out last night, but yeah. They, they, so they they have a better record over that time than all those teams. Like, is Dan Campbell perfect as a head coach? No. Has he done a lot better? Heck yeah, he has. Mm-hmm. I, I think his clock management. I think his understanding of situational football, when to go for it, what plays to use when you go for it, which is just as important. I think has improved. And that's what we wanted to see. You want to see your rookie coach grow up just as you want to see your rookie players develop. I'm 
very, very pleased at the at the coaching developmental path that Dan Campbell has blazed this season. Because there were times early in the season where like I I don't know, man. Like I, it looks like it looks like this might be going a little fast for him. Mm-hmm. It has slowed down for Dan Campbell. Yeah. And that's with the added specter of taking on the offensive coordinator role. Um and and he's said he's gonna keep that for the final two games. And why wouldn't he? My my other my only question that would be why the hell is Anthony Lynn still here? Um he obviously has no purpose. Um if if you're just paying him to be nice you know, maybe maybe he can um, develop a, a a situation where he has to go away for a little bit, and you just pay him and go away, and, and all this hunky dory. Look, can I talk about the ability to evaluate at wide receiver? And this is where I kind of am looking forward to seeing validation on this in the off season. Uh, Amon Ra, fourth round pick, he's top four or five in the league as an, as a wide receiver right now. He's just killing it right? as a rookie. Yeah, yeah, as a rookie. Yeah, rookie wide receiver. Jalen yeah. Waddle's killing it. By yeah, the way. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but he's, he plays a different role, right? In a different type. He, of yes, offense. he does. So he does. So that's he right. absolutely does. But let's just talk about when you're evaluating people. Do you remember all the love for number nineteen, Kenny Galladay? The massive amount of love that he had from Lions fans and the, Oh, we're burning it down. We'll never be able to do anything. This is horrible. When they let him go. Does anybody know how many touchdowns Kenny Galladay has for the giants in 16 games? Oh, I just one, isn't it? No, it's less than that. Guess again. (laughs) Zero (laughs) touchdowns in 16 games of the giants. Thank you to Slappy Floppy in the subreddit for that piece. That was uh, they. They have, he he is one of many giants who have completely checked out on the season. <laughs> yeah, but but you, how do you think he's going to do here? How do you think he would do better? He would do better. You don't but think not, he'd check out again? Not. Oh, I he's, he's, he's not worth seventy five million dollars. No, no, I think he checks <laughs> out here and takes the money. Both this if he's if he stays this year if they pay him. I I think this was a great move by this front end front end front office my reader there <laughs> um but his front office to move on from kenny holiday and not get involved in that sweepstakes he was definitely not worth that money definitely not worth that money yeah we'll, we'll give a a mild tip of the cap to bob quinn for also realizing that for not uh because uh they went hard Galladay's people went hard after the Lions at the beginning of the 2020 season yep. to get a contract extension and to bob quinn's credit mm-hmm. he he's like nope Yep. Nope. I, I, the more time goes by, the less I hate Bob Quinn, and the more that hate is put on Matt Patricia. I and I, and tend I really, to agree with that. I really hate that because you you were there, right? We met him, and he was a good cat. He just he just effed it up early. That's that's really. Just, I think if I if I were to sum up what Matt Patricia's whole tenure was, he effed it up and lost it early and could never recover. Yeah, but that's it. Yeah. Uh, he, he doesn't deserve any any mercy for that, though, because he absolutely screwed it up. And he is why this team doesn't have Quandre Diggs, why they don't have Darius Slay. Uh, we could use those guys. Th- think about this defense right now with Quandre Diggs, who made the Pro Bowl and is going to get a fat contract this offseason, and yeah. it could be from Detroit, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, he does still like Detroit. Yeah. I'm just throwing that out and there. I'm not, so I'm not saying that he's. he's I'm not saying that he's going to sign, but I'm saying that um, if the Lions offer him a competitive contract, he will. He will not say no just because it's Detroit. Yep. yep. <laughs> and, and you know we love him too. I want to just really quick back on the Kenny Galladay thing. Can you imagine what it would look like with Goff trying to throw to him this year? 
like no separation, right? And if you and, and if you folks want to understand, do it right, right. If you and folks that's one thing under- about Goff, he doesn't throw to covered receivers. <laughs> if you want to think about, um, you know, the, what no separation means. Oh, it's a lot. And you got you got Matthew Stafford throwing Kenny Galladay open forever, right? Kenny Galladay goes with Danny Dimes. <laughs> No touchdowns. No touchdowns. You can't admit you, you just Kenny Galladay is a, an acrobatic catch artist. That's that's what he does, right? That's his whole that's how he's he got really paid. good at it. Yeah, yeah, that's how he got paid. But well, you need somebody who can throw him the ball. And him going and living the life of Danny Dimes tells you the truth. I can't imagine paying the kind of money he asked and having Jared Goff there because you he's gonna still have no touchdowns. He's still gonna have zero. I, I don't think he's any better, Riz. I really don't. And and you can, uh, you can, you can put on golf not throwing bad balls into bad coverage or afraid to throw it into too tight a coverage. You can that's a, that's a conversations related but different. I just don't think that the stats are a whole lot different for Kenny G this year. We're just not paying all that money. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, last one I want to hit on. Uh, Penay Sewell, number ten overall grade. By PFF this week. Dude, overall, number 10, all positions, Penae Sewell. This guy, I mean, people, <laughs> I saw some people talking, about, eh, Waddle, the first round. Yeah, that's great. He would have been great. He's no Penae Sewell. And, and I'll tell you, I think Sewell is going to pay dividends for this team far beyond the years that Waddle pays dividends for his team. This, this was Since, a really, oh, really man. good pick, man. The, and, and this is another one um, where you need to not make your decisions based on a rookie preseason. Yep. Cincinnati fans learned this with with Jamar Chase, who actually they were there were some people who were like, "We got to cut this guy; he can't catch." Well, uh, and the social know, media we, stuff, right? That Chase had going on. <laughs> oh yeah, he, he, he's a bit of a knucklehead. That's okay. <laughs> Since Panay Sewell is where he belongs at right tackle, he has been the second best right tackle in football from PFF. Um, and there have been weeks where he's been the number one overall. And since he's been at the right tackle spot, he's played at a Pro Bowl level. Mm-hmm. That's what more can you ask for, for, for from your, your your number seven overall pick? Especially uh, I, though, when you're looking at a quarterback like Jared Goff or the backups because Goff right. is out hurt or sick, this is exactly what you need. Or if you're going to draft your quarterback of the future this year or next year. That's what you need. You need to give him time and protect him. You can't let – what's ha, what happened to Joe Burrow was almost criminal. <laughs> what happened to uh, Trevor Lawrence has been basically criminal as well. You have top quality guys that if they had protection, can you imagine the difference? I mean, and I'm not knocking Joe Burrow. Like, Joe Burrow's been, been phenomenal, Joe right? Joe Burrow, right. look at what he did to Baltimore. But Holy he doesn't crap. get hurt last year. <laughs> He doesn't get hurt last year with good production, right? His yeah. his development is that much more accelerated. You owe it, I think, to the 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 people that you put in and draft, and you say this is the talent that we're going to put in as quarterback. You owe it to them to put them in a position to succeed. You can't have them running for their lives back there. You can't do it. Yeah, you've created a situation where they might not have anybody appealing to throw to, but they're going to have time to look for it. And we've seen throughout the NFL, you can only cover for so long. Yep. If your quarterback has time. And, and Goff, Goff, to his credit, has been using his time better to find receivers, to make throws that he wasn't trying earlier in the year. I still think a lot of that is the fact that his safety valve, DeAndre Swift, isn't there as like this line of security blanket that he has to wrap around his head to, to look like a shepherd at Christmas time all the time. 
Um, and that would lead me to um, wonder, play calling wonder, wonder how much, how much I, I, somebody, somebody posited that in my head and I can't get it out of it. And I, I'm, I'm running full bore with it. Like right, right. this offense works better without DeAndre Swift in it. That doesn't mean that DeAndre Swift is a bad player, um, but it might be an indication that he might not be the best player to be in Detroit. Maybe move him on, move on from somewhere else. That's 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 for the offseason. But uh, yeah, no, I think it's fair. It's it's definitely a question to ask because of the value you get versus what he brings. I'll say right. I think there's he's, too many he's clearly the worst runner of the combination of Craig Reynolds, Jamal Williams, and DeAndre Swift. Like in terms of like actually taking a handoff. He's he's absolutely the worst of the three at that. And if he if he's watering down the passing game because he's taking ten targets and only getting forty eight yards out of it, when the when five of those targets could get you sixty yards throwing to Amon Ra or Josh Reynolds or I don't know um, uh, Jared Pinkney as your new tight end because he is right now the only tight end on the roster. They signed him off the Rams practice mm-hmm. squad today, um, and he will be your starting tight end in Seattle. Yeah, that's next. Oh my god! Oh. <laughs> so, but but the thing Woo! is, I think I yeah. think with DeAndre Swift, the variable that, that's a, a, that's a multi, chicken versus an egg conversation. We'll have this offseason, and somebody needs to be a rooster. Well, no, no, I think you're right about what he does and how he changes how the offense has to work. But the results we've seen are a multivariate problem because. Yep, he was uh-huh. out. Good, good word. I like that. <laughs> You're right, too. Yes, he was out. Yes, play calling changed. Yes, the playbook changed. Yes, we added right. a wide receiver. Yes, a lot of things changed in how the offense worked. Was it DeAndre Swift or how much of it was DeAndre Swift that, that resulted in the effect that we saw? And that's, the, that's I think, the, the conversation we can have because um, we'll get to that in the offseason. We'll I think it's more that, that because- and then the value you get for him. And and that's yeah. where the magic is. Somewhere in there yeah. is, is what you where you make your decision. Yeah. All right. Uh Diamond C B D injury report and analysis. Diamond C B D C B D dot Detroit Lions Podcast dot com. C B D dot Detroit Lions Podcast dot com. I know you can get it around town. I know you can get it where you're at. I've had numerous people come to tell me and say, wasn't as good. I gotta go to Diamond C B D. C B D dot Detroit Lions Podcast dot com gets you pain, anxiety, insomnia, relief. And they have all these problems. <laughs> Delta eight might not be legal in your state, right? Michigan. You can go ahead and get the active CBD, which is the same kind of thing, but legal. Uh, and you get 55% off by using coupon code lions, lions, L I O N S. You know how to spell it. 55% off at cbd.detroitlionspodcast.com. If you're stressed out about being stressed out, head on over and take care That's of your head. <laughs> all right. Diamond CBD injury report and analysis. Two guys into the COVID protocol. You mentioned our only tight end on the roster was not Brock Wright, and that's because <laughs> Brock, Brock Wright. Wright is on the reserve COVID list. Yes. But that's okay, right? Because our offense is pretty potent. We can bounce back. We have a lot of good things going on. Whoops. Josh Reynolds on the COVID reserve list as well. Um, he went on yesterday. Sucks. Now, he is vaccinated. We do know that. But... Is it, is it going to be a situation like it's the same thing as Jared Goff last week? He's got to pass a negative test and be and be asymptomatic, which was yeah. the problem with Goff was that he was still symptomatic Saturday. Uh, for, for at least that's my understanding of things. Uh, a, a little birdie Mary and I've told me that. Um, and if that's true, then we could see him in Seattle, and that would be nice because uh, he's been a pleasant addition to the offense, uh, and especially with. The tight ends now. So so we'll just, we'll just go through the tight ends here. Brock Wright is on the reserve COVID list. 
Shane Zilstra is on IR and the injury that he had from what it sounds like, he might be like done. Like he tore all three knee ligaments is what I read today. Um, I know he tore the ACL and the PCL. Um, and I think the patellar tendon was either damaged or completely torn in that too. That's a really, really difficult injury to come back from. And it's sad because first off, Fox didn't identify him and they went to freaking commercial while the players for both teams are huddled around on a knee, like in obvious distress that the spotter can't tell Chris Myers who it is. Chris Myers doesn't know who the hell's on the line. So he doesn't know. They go to commercial, they come back and the guy's going off on a cart. <sighs> that, 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 dude, that Fox broadcast this weekend was, was unprofessionally bad. That's, that's, that was shameful. Can I, I'm just uh, going to go to some. I, I, it's okay. Now you, you know where, where I'm, I'm, I should be the media critic for the Detroit Lions podcast. That should be yeah. my, my side thing. I'm going to tell you right now the worst, worst piece of broadcasting research I've ever seen done was the comment, oh, yeah, in college they called him Dan Talica. He was known as, yeah, Dan Talica acted as if Dan Talica, because he listens to Metallica. <laughs> they acted as if that was, re- like, relevant, recent, or anything That's a at really all. good Chris Myers impression, <laughs> by the way. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> if you go to Wikipedia, you will see exactly the quote that he said. That's the only freaking place you're going to see a reference to Dan freaking Talica. They literally did a... a Fucking network, a professional major network, did the research on the team they were covering on fucking Wikipedia. This is ridiculous. This is the laziest bunch of bullshit I've ever seen out of Fox or any major network covering fucking sports anywhere. I'm sorry, that pissed me off. That's the laziest bunch of bullshit I've ever seen. I probably demonetized us, but that one pissed me off because that, that was that was garbage it was garbage it was trash you've got people you're paying millions of dollars tons of money and you can't ask the fucking coach a question you anybody what's his nickname you come up with dan talica from fucking texas a&m 146 years ago that's the best you fucking got fox my fucking christ (sighs) sorry sorry man that's, that was I, I needed that, that was, actually. I, that, the John Madden news got me a little worked up. The Margarita guy. That I was uh, that 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 was one for the highlight reels right there, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen. That was beautiful. Um, yeah, thank you for that. So, anyways, to go back to the inju- the the Diamond CBD injury report, Shane Zilstra's <laughs> out for the year and probably not coming back anytime soon, unfortunately. So, uh, uh, who else was hurt? Uh, Josh Woods is now on the injured reserve. His season is over. By the way, anybody who goes on IR now, their season is over because the Lions have been eliminated and you have to be on IR for at least three weeks. So they're done. Interestingly enough, they activated somebody off the non-football injury list today. And this surprised surprised some people in, in Allen Park today. Jay Sean Cornell's back on the team. <laughs> <laughs> It still won't see the field, but he's back on the team. He's played four snaps in two years. In one, ga- he played them all in one game. I am. I don't want to say hopeful, but i I want. I do want to see him play because this summer he played really well in training camp. He gave Panay Sewell playing left tackle, um, and, and this is one of the reasons why I didn't like Panay at left tackle. Um, because Jay Sean was really good about attacking the the inside arm 
Um, Jay Sean, he's a very athletic guy. He's an explosive guy off the line. He doesn't really know what to do after that first move. Mm -hmm. But if he can win with that, he's pretty good. He's a good athlete. He's long. He's he's strong. Good good upper body shoulder torque. He gave Sewell fits, and he 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 was. He looked like a guy who belonged above, like Kevin Strong, who's no longer with us, and oh, he lo- he was certainly better than Levi Anzarike, um, who was in and out of the lineup with his hip malady, um, and by the way, is not playing well at all, unfortunately. Uh, he was, dude, his game in, in Atlanta was rough, rough. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> but uh, so Jay Sean Cornell will be back, and... At this point of the year, with all the injury and COVID attrition issues in Detroit and elsewhere, I expect to see him play. And I'm that's one of the storylines I'm going to be watching is how well does he play against a Seattle offensive line that, weirdly enough, is probably the best offensive line that Seattle's had in a very long time. And their team is the worst team that they've had in the Pete Carroll era. <laughs> it's like ships passing in the night there. <laughs> well, your Jason Cornell uh, analysis, if I could sum it up in the words of the famous philosopher, Sir Mix-a-Lot. He's long and strong and about to get his friction on. His anaconda don't want none unless you got buns on. That's right. That's right. You got to get the right philosophy going. All right. Man, I'm still, I'm still like wound up about, oh God, I am the media critic. You guys will. You're doing I that. I'm starting to say swaths like in my head for you, Sir Mix-a-Lot fans. <laughs> Underrated album that came before that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, whew, here we go. All right, let's get on. He's the white guy. People think he's funny. <laughs> Goff is back. State investor who makes a lot of money. Goff is back. <laughs> Goff will play quarterback. Thanks to the uh, much to the relief of Jeff Risden. Um, huge Jared Goff fan for the Detroit Lions. <laughs> All right, we'll move on to. The- <laughs> I am happy to see Jared Goff coming back. This is, so and funny. I am. This is great. <laughs> I, honestly, I not to go too far. They can win this game with Jared Goff as their quarterback. With Tim Boyle as a quarterback, I don't think so. <laughs> like he, he might. I would say you can obviously point to the end of the game interception and some other plays where he could have delivered a little bit better. And you can say that Tim Boyle probably lost the Lions that last game. I will say that there were some defensive mistakes in that game that, that needed to be corrected um, uh, or just weren't good. And, and again, the players that were on the field, um, I, I think there was at one point there were three players playing defense who were active in week one, who were on the field at one point in week 16. So that it tells you where the roster is at. But I don't think Jared Goff loses that last football game. I don't think no, he, he makes does. that throw at the end. No, no. I, I think he will be smart enough to live for another day. I think he would understand that the buzz linebacker is going to be there because I'm not looking him off. I think he I gotta, throws, I it, ahead of, I think he throws it in time because that's the thing. The whole, re- the whole reason, you know, Atlanta made a great play. But if, if he throws, Tim Boyle throws the ball on time, that's a completion. That's the thing. Jared Goff it's, would have it, thrown well, that ball on time. I, I really, That's a completion would, to Josh Reynolds. I don't think it's a completion to Khalif Raymond because he's tiny. Would it have been accurate <laughs> enough? That's the question with Jared Goff throwing it. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. I don't know. He may not even throw the ball, right? Jared may have said, eh, Kenny Galladay makes that catch if if Goff throws it to him. Ooh, God. Now you really, now you kicked me right in the right square of course, between them. Galladay, because he's going to be so slow off the line, doesn't get off there. Yeah, yeah. He's still freaking 30 yards away. All right, let's move on. 
Um, Dan Campbell on Goff being the long-term quarterback. It sounds just like Riz, to be to be frank. Uh, the quote from Goff, uh, from Campbell is, "Yeah, I mean, I don't see why not. He's playing good ball now." About uh, Jared Goff being the long-term position, I'm going to say right, just really straight up, Jared Goff is your is the quarterback until you draft his replacement. You're not going to get a free free agency. You're going to draft his replacement. He may need a year of development. It all depends how the draft plays out in the next year or two. We'll see what that is. But Jared Goff is the guy until then. If you're Dan Campbell, do you say, "Oh no, oh no, he's not the he's not the long. Thank we're just going to hold on to him until we find somebody better." <laughs> And we're looking, boy, are we looking? Who, who, like, is this a story? Okay. Oh, oh, going to the media. Clinic. What do you want him to say? <laughs> Thank you. Like, th- this is this is an entrapment question, and Dan Campbell is too smart to get tripped up by that. Urban Meyer might answer that question incorrectly. Bill O'Brien has answered that question incorrectly. Dan Campbell's smarter than those guys. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> See, and this is the thing. Campbell took so much crap for the, the helmet. And I love the helmet. I love the Grand Prix helmet. The kneecaps thing. They're, oh, Jocko. Dan Campbell, Jocko. Hey. You know, no, 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 no. And I'll say it and because I, I love this phrase, and I, and, but I, it still insults his intelligence, I think, and I, and I don't want to do that. But Dan Campbell is dumb like a fox. You look at him and you hear him. You say, kneecaps, helmet, he's dumb. Uh-uh, uh-uh. Guy is, there's so much depth and, and, and there's so much there. And, and you hurt yourself by misjudging him and, and judging him as being weaker intelligently from an intelligence perspective than he really is. That's, that's I think, what the whole story is with uh, Dan Campbell. MCDC, as they call him. I, I, I'm with you on that. Well, like... What 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 is what is he gonna say? Like like you said, yeah. Um, I, I, well, I think he sucks, but he's the best that we got, so we're gonna make it try to work. Like he's <laughs> no, <laughs> he's he's not dumb. You know, in 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 May or June, uh, absolutely in early July. This is that right there. That one quote is three weeks of news coverage. You know that, right? <laughs> oh yeah, I do. I do. I'm guilty. I. That's 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 the job that oh, I have. Oh man, these these are the jobs. Riz, that we have you're better than that. I know you. You. you I know I am. You, but you, I you want to be. There are times when I don't. That. You want to be in the in the club, and you are. You're totally the. There are right? times but when I cannot be better than that. There are right, times no, 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 when no. the job forces me yeah, to yeah. not be better than that. That's probably the, the easiest way. The difference to, to is when line. the job isn't forcing you. You're better than that. You're better than yes. most, and that's yes. that's I, I, we we I do. A lot I, of my I, I was I was very bad at work. I, I I was very bad at work this week. I wrote something for Browns Wire that was wildly stupid and irresponsible, and I got called for it, and I deserved it. Um, and it still bothers me now that I did it. Uh, and, and it was it was shameless click chasing, and damn it, I'm I'm pissed off about it. Mm. Um, I if, if you know what I'm talking about, I have apologized to the player via his agent. Um, and I was told that, uh, well, I know that the agent at least received it well. I don't know how the player has reacted if he even related it. But uh, but the thing is, I, I hate being that guy. Is, I, I hate that. Yeah, and and, I, hate and that. I will excoriate you later about doing that. <laughs> but for the most part, right, I mean, there's there's people that never elevate out of that. It's all about the clicks. I got to get the clicks. They make their living. They eat because of clicks. You know what I mean? And then you have professionals. 
people that actually know that doing a good job and having journalistic ethics and those things are the things that they that will carry them through and put the food on the table. And there's it's 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 a weird differentiation, but there's a re, there's an absolute reality to it. You're a guy that knows the food's going to be on the table, and for the most part, when you're not forced to, you write good quality stuff, efforting you Thank effort you. right. Most people think nothing but, okay, on Monday, we got to do this on Tuesday, this Wednesday, this, and that's it. We got to grind the clicks and then anything else. Like, I'm going to tell you, they're going to, you know, me, you know, that's not how I work. (laughs) Watch tomorrow. There's going to be a story and there's going to be a headline that says why John Madden wouldn't like the Detroit lions defense. And it's going to have nothing to do with John Madden. They're just going to put his name in there gotta, because they want to SEO it. it. They want they want yeah. search engine optimization. They want you to find it and land on it and click on it. That's it. It's it's crap. It's it's there's if people like started looking into search engine optimization as as like part of what they do and understood, they would see through probably. 35% of the smoke screen that's out there from the media. You would get so much more understanding about why things are popping up and why they are writing those articles. Riz doesn't do that. Justin Rogers is another guy. He works for a place that makes him write a couple of things, but he's got a lot more ability. He, he's a guy that'll take F you to the editor. I, that's one of the things I respect about him he, so he, much. He, he told us that integrity. Off, off record, off camera at, at, the, at the training camp party. His, his integrity. And the thing about uh, Justin is that he just puts the facts out there. You interpret them how you want. Right. You interpret them the way you want to interpret them. That's fine. And you can paint it in your picture. But if you look at what he writes, it's real news. And you interpret based on the information and the facts within facts will always lead you to a conclusion. Your biases will kind of influence that conclusion, period. The problem is, is when the bias is in the writing, the bias is in the content. That's when it's like, wait a minute. Why is that? Oh, it's so you click. Oh, how many times have you clicked on something that took you to something you felt like, oh, God, I mean, I just saw, I was in the middle of having sex and I felt pretty good and I just saw a picture of my grandma. I mean, that's literally what it feels like when you click on half of that stuff. It's like, I don't get any of the satisfaction that it promised me. There is nothing here that makes me feel good. <laughs> Chris has required to do margaritas for you to show from now on. I'm going to get myself these, in these trouble. These are great analogies. I'm going to get myself in trouble. There you go. Okay, so that's it. Okay, so bottom line is Dan Campbell on being <laughs> Goff being the long-term quarterback. There you go. That's, that's it's a non-story, mean. and I, I have not written it yet. Uh, I'm, I'm waiting. I probably have. I probably do have to actually. Um, just as a, I, I, I feel in the spirit of disclosure, Justin Rogers and I do get paychecks signed by the same organization. Yeah. Um, that's. Like it has nothing under- to do with my love for you guys either. You wouldn't, and, and Riz, and, and please don't take this in the wrong way. You wouldn't be here if I didn't 100% respect what you do and the integrity behind what you do. And you know that. I've told you that personally. I, yes, I, off, and I appreciate Off the that. air, that whole thing. You have a different level of integrity than so many of the other people that throw this stuff together. And and the ability, I, I think there's something special. And, and look, I'm not elevating myself that's here. That's why when I violate the, that integrity, it really pisses me off. And it should piss people off. Too. The idea <laughs> that you do this without having to worry about putting food on the table is a, is a weird thing. It's a weird advantage over the people who everything's dependent upon the clicks this month. Right? Yeah. Those people... That. They have different motivations. 
I got a job. I mean, I could pack up and leave tomorrow. I, you know, right. We talked about the quote, how I'm going to leave your friend did it. And I'm going to, that's what I'm going to use on my way out. It's going to be great, <laughs> but I could pack up and leave tomorrow and I'm fine. Right. I mean, that's whatever. <laughs> Riz is in a similar situation. He's, he's, he's married. Well, he's, he's done very well. Now he can concentrate instead of being the guy who's got to put the food on the table by and cleansing it. He can do good quality journalism. That's what you get. That's what you get. That's why Riz. I wouldn't call I love it journalism, but it's fun, anyways. Yeah, you do. You do. <laughs> All right. So let's go on. Uh, Media critic is yeah. gone for the rest of the show. Okay. Do the Lions need? <laughs> this is from Perduvian, and I liked this question. Do the Lions need an early round wide receiver or a big free agent next year? Free big free agent wide receiver. Yes, to both. <sighs> All right, let's get to the next topic. Uh, because well, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll, I'll, I'll extrapolate a little bit. I'm with you. Um, Josh Reynolds is a free agent. Do I think he's coming back? Yes, I do. And I wrote that this week. And if you want to check Lions Wire or something that I did that's good this week, um, you can check that out because I wrote it about what I think it will cost to, to bring him back and why I think he would take that deal as well. Uh, they, you cannot count on Quintez Cephas to be more than your number four wide receiver coming off the injury he has. If he's better than that, great. Don't depend on it. Don't need him to be that. Right. Uh, look, uh, Tyrell Williams, I don't think he's coming back. Uh, I, 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 don't, I don't think he plays again, quite honestly. There's, uh, I agree. I agree 100%. You know, you're looking at, do you really want to go in with Amon Ra and Khalif Raymond's a free agent? Do I think that they'll try to bring him back? Maybe. Um, I, I think he might be. Look, he, he's a great dude, and w- one of the one of the real joys that I had this summer was getting to listen to Khalif Raymond give us like talk to us in the media as, as a group. That guy is like he's a really cool guy. Like th- this this is the kind of guy that you would like you'd want to go to dinner with and like hang out with. Um, and I would like to see him back, and I think he's outplayed the. The contract that he's on, I think he's outplayed the the respect that he got from the offseason. But I, I don't know if he's a, I don't know if he's a contributing player on a good offense. I just don't. I don't, I don't mean that in any disrespect to him. You got like he's tiny. Like you, you saw Boyle miss him. Yeah, that wasn't necessarily a bad throw by Boyle. That's just a receiver being five eight instead of six one. Can I ask you like, this though? Think about yeah. this, right? Khalif Raymond, he's a small guy. That's fine. You get, you get Jared Goff throwing him the ball. You have a lot of the same problem in that the accuracy isn't perfect. Jared Goff has a little bit of difficulty with a guy who's kind of covered. He doesn't have the ranginess to get kind of be open. He eliminates himself as a target for Jared Goff. Now, that's this yeah. year. That's next year. In, in in two more years, I mean, three. You know, the end of this season, I will, won't count two more seasons. Is he then going to be the guy with other people around him or is he just at this point like he's like okay he's gone right we used him and he's done that's i hate to say that about a human being right but i think that's where khalif raymond is he's a he's a bridge wide receiver he's a bridge and he's he's not going to excel as much talent as he has in this organization by the time we get a quarterback in place by the time all these things happen it's going to be past his time he's going to be past his prime and i agree with that tough, tough for him tough tough for him i think that stinks but uh it seems like a cool cat and all that kind of stuff but um it's just the yeah. timing doesn't work out for him and and, and yeah. in the scheme that, that happens yeah. so they need they need to get a number 1 wide receiver i don't care if it's with the draft pick or free agency but they have to get a number one and somebody else who can reliably catch 50 passes on 75 targets and score three touchdowns and get 750 yards. They don't have that guy right now. 
uh, other than Amon Ra. Again, maybe Quintez can be that guy. Maybe. You cannot go into next year depending on him being that guy. You just can't. That's irresponsible. So my my thing is you have Quintez. Say you you sign Josh Reynolds, right? You absolutely need your number one. You need a superstar. And I'm just going to, I'm going to stretch the, I know it's all here. You need a Calvin, right? You need that go-to guy, that 100% guy. (laughs) But you know what I mean, right? I'm not saying. He ain't going to be out there, but. Right, 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 right. You know what I'm saying, though. You need a big, strong, rangy wide receiver who can go deep and be open and all those kinds of things. Allen Robinson, Michael Gallup, Chris Olave, Jameson Williams. Whether it's draft, (laughs) you need that. I would also say you need a number two wide receiver because we saw what happened with Quintez. That could happen to the guy you draft. Somebody else, you need the depth there ahead. I love Amon Ra, but Amon Ra is more of his role. I don't like him as an outside receiver. You know what I mean? I just don't like him in that role. I think his role is different than that, and I think you need two outside receivers, which means you need three. If three, you might have two. You probably have one. Right. I mean, especially if you look at right. how, how right. injuries have been this year, you need those kind of players. You need a free agent. Probably you need a draft pick. Probably you need both. I think at wide receiver wide receiver was a need last year. And I absolutely believe this year it's it's an even bigger need for this team. Totally agree. Absolutely. Woo. So, yes, um, give me both of those. There you go, yes, Peduvian. Yes, yeah, yes. yeah. And, I, and that goes to the seven guys that I very quickly counted up. It could have been six. It could have been eight that you talked about earlier in the show. <laughs> um, two wide receivers are part of that, right? I mean, absolutely, yes. they're part of it. Edge rusher, how many did you have, Riz? Two. Um, Flowers is gone. If if Charles Harris comes back, he can be number two. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Fair but enough, you need you need you need the alpha dog. They don't have that. I'm nervous about Allen Robinson. Uh, trip wag and the uh, I would be too. I share that did not show well for him. Um, that may may make him a bit of a discount. Though. We'll see. We'll see. He, he's he's one of those guys that he's never really played with a good quarterback, and I think he's worse for it. Uh, uh, yeah, but I I I think it's like it's worn worn him down a yeah. little bit. Yeah. Like like what's the purpose of like being great if if the quarterback's never going to get me the ball. Um, and now, now he's dealing with a terrible coaching situation in, in Chicago. I've never seen a coach try to get thrown out of a game harder than Matt Nagy did the other day. I'm, My God, that guy won. He like, like that's, that that's, uh, that's Greg Popovich again, going up to the, the ref and like, throw me out. I'm going to, I'm about to go ape shit here. Throw me out. Um, and, and I, I'll appreciate it. But like, and then you see what happens. That's I just think, a really, really bad team. I, our, think, our, I will give our Bears Bears wire editor Alyssa some credit, Alyssa Barberry, who's really, really good at her job. I'm sure to think today about all the different, like, like the different ways in which Matt Nagy has expressed that he wants to get fired, <laughs> like <laughs> that he doesn't want to be back either. Like it was, it was really good. Uh, there, uh, yeah. There, I'll, I'll say. I think what I saw there was <laughs> the ultimate high school coach. And it speaks so much to who Matt Nagy is as a coach. I don't hate him as a person, right? I don't like the Bears. He's just not. He's just out of his league a little bit as an NFL head coach. He absolutely is. And I think he thought those antics on the sideline, I don't know that he did it to get kicked out. Right. But if I think as a result, had he gotten kicked out, he thought it would be inspirational to the team. He thought that this (laughs) over kind of non, and this is the thing non 
um, ingenuous, disingenuous embodiment disingenuous. of himself. Um, we talk about the authenticity that Dan Campbell has. This inauthentic Matt Nagy sideline shenanigans. He thinks it's going to be inspirational. If you sit there in front of him with a bunch of millionaires looking at that who play for him, they say, no, that's not who this guy is. Something's off, man. <laughs> this ain't real. I'm telling you, he hey, thought what's it was. He, what's he pulling? What's exactly, he trying to do? Exactly. Here? And that's what I think it was. It was him out of straws to grasp at. Just good, trying good for, good for him for getting a, a final yeah. win. They did beat the Seahawks. Yeah. Um, and, you know, good for him. They, he, he, I, I won't say that he deserved it. It was it's very weird that he went to Nick Foles in a snowstorm. Seen that movie before? <laughs> <laughs> <I> wanna, <laughs> it worked. <laughs> and on has a great one. Uh, shades Daryl Rogers after another lousy season in Detroit. When the press tells him that William Clay Ford is planning to bring him back, Daryl Rogers says, "What does the guy have to do to get fired around here?" <laughs> <laughs> yes. If anyone else oh, were to boy. say that to a Lions fan, then we'd get angry. But that was that was good stuff. All right, all right. Let's. We, uh, we can make fun of our own. <laughs> exactly. That's a very Detroit thing. We can make fun of ourselves, but don't come, don't come at us because that's not okay. All right. Um, last topic before we take a look ahead. Um, a little before that, let me tell you about fanatics, fanatics.detroitlinespodcast.com, fanatics.detroitlinespodcast.com, a great place to go to get all, not lions, not tigers, not pistons, not red wings, not Michigan, not Michigan state, everything, the gear that you want for everything. Every kind of team, pro, college, whatever else, it's all available there. You can go to fanatics.detroitlinespodcast.com. Instead of giving them all of those profits, they take a little cut, give it to us for sending you over there. And it's a great way to support the show by doing something you're going to do anyway. No extra cost to you. Fanatics.detroitlinespodcast.com. Help us out when you buy your gear. All right. A loss. A loss. I hate to talk about it this way, but a loss clinches a top two pick in the draft i think we're i think we're about guaranteed at least one in the next two games riz are you with me or am i am i talking crazy talk here well they're 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 not beating green bay if green bay has to play i've confused him (laughs) you did you're flowing to me there for a second all the synapses are firing there um yeah uh they're I think going one and one is ambitious. It's doable. It's certainly not a given. Uh, we, we just watched the Bears beat Seattle. Seattle, they have the, and again, this is just my interpretation of it. This is not any inside information. They look like a team that knows that Pete Carroll is going to be gone and knows that Russell Wilson won't be back next year. They look ready to nuke it, for lack of a better word. And. Yeah, um, that that's a vulnerable team. They're still capable of beating the Lions by twenty. Like no doubt about that. Uh, they can get that one if Green Bay has something to play for in week week eighteen, which is really weird to say. They're they're killing. Like it's not going to be close. Yeah. Like as much as much as we love the improvement that the Lions have had, Green Bay is the best team in football right now. Are they ever? God. Yeah. The the. Some of the throws that Rodgers made um, the other night, like, my God, dude. What, Riz, wow. what happened between <laughs> they're falling apart? Riz, he, he, Rodgers doesn't want to play there. He's leaving at the end of the season. This is great. I can't wait to see Green Bay. Huh? <laughs> Best team in football? <sighs> they, they, huh? 
I, I think I think a lot of it is Rodgers. I think they have a very good head coach, and I think uh, Ooh, that's a stinger I, for me actually because I didn't know that Lef- I didn't think Lafleur is that I think, great of a head coach to be honest. I think he has managed that team. Um, not necessarily the X's and O's, but the, the team management, which is what we give Dan Campbell a lot of credit for. Mm-hmm. I think Matt LaFleur did a masterful job with the team that he's got this year and all the dynamics that they've got. I give him credit. He will be my vote for coach of the year from PFWA. Absolutely. He, he, uh, okay. So I agree. I don't, I don't disagree. I, I, I take my strip away, my FTP, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and I think about it and, where they started this year, exactly what we talked about. Aaron Rodgers is holding out his last year to where they are today. I mean, that and, is and a they're, hell they're of a statement one. about a coach. They got, they right? got bombed by yeah. the Saints. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. bombed. <laughs> that is a hell of a statement. I mean, Riz, it puts perspective around the idea of how long the football season is. I mean, it's only 17 games, right? And we, we yeah. lament how short it is. But the absolute change. I mean, look at the Saints now. They just lost to Miami. They're they're, they're terrible. Miami's won but, eight, seven in a row. But they they're the only team the in NFL Bucks. history. <laughs> they lost. They, they lost seven games in a row, and they've won seven games in a row. They're the first team ever to do that. And but and but the Saints just beat the Bucks the week before. What the yeah. f am I looking at? Like week to week to week, and then over the court, it's such a change. It's such a journey for these teams. The injuries, the change. I mean, I don't think folks appreciate how much things change from week one to week 18 in the NFL. It's, it's crazy. And then the playoffs, you might as well just, I mean, okay, now you're, you've limited the number of teams, but you just took all the dice and you threw them down the roulette table. You threw them down the table again, right? I threw them down the roulette table, right? That's that's good. You threw them down the craps table again, and he said, Muh. I was like, because I don't know what's showing up here. It's crazy. It is crazy. It's what makes it so much fun. And they, and they've been so good at they their defense does not get enough credit. The the work that a, a rookie like Eric Stokes has taken at cornerback, um, finding a guy like Rasul Douglas off of Arizona's practice squad. Uh, and, and turning him into a, a great player, uh, getting Devondre Campbell, a guy that I wanted here. Um, I, I, I'm modestly happy with the way that Alex Anzalone played before he, he got injured, but I would have absolutely loved Devondre Campbell, and he's been a great player for them. He's a Pro Bowl snub, absolutely. Riz, they got a lot this. of uh, – Rashawn Gary's development has been nice to see as somebody who liked him a lot as a draft prospect. They have put it really well together, and the bottom line is if they want to win in Week 18, they will win. Riz, I've got something for us, okay? And this is going to take right. a little bit of research, but I think in the offseason this is going to be quite an idea. We can call it sands through the hourglass, whatever else you want to but the, the 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 narrative on the team throughout the season and how it's changed, and not just the yeah. Lions, but maybe, maybe we just start with the NFC North this year. Maybe if we can get some help, we'll go and, and talk about the narrative throughout the season and bring that. I think that's really, I mean, it's something probably that could cross over between Lions Wire and the podcast as well. I mean, literally, mm-hmm. if you think about the first four weeks of the Lions season and the, the narrative around it versus today, Again, it's the same kind of difference that you see from the, the, the Packers, right? Different teams, different expectations, that kind of thing. Yeah. But that it's a, it's a fundamental change in the perception yes. of a team. And I think highlighting that in this offseason would really, really help provide perspective for fans and, and, and everybody, really, yeah. going into and, next and it, season. It, it goes the other way, too. Look at what's happened with the Ravens. That's, that's a really 
bad football team right now. And you would not expect that of the Baltimore Ravens, who, well, look at the Bengals. Week seven, they were the number one seed in the AFC. After week 10, they were the 11 seed. Now they're back and they're going to win the AFC North. Like, like my God. It's <laughs> like nice. the, 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 the story around Zach Taylor, their coach, a guy who isn't all that popular internally in, in Cincinnati, but he's getting it done. Having Joe Burrow, having Joe Burrow is pretty damn nice. Yeah, that is really nice, man. <laughs> that guy, that guy was, he's so good. He's, he's real. I'm, I'm not, even though I am from Cleveland, I am not a Ravens hater. Um, I actually like John Harbaugh quite a bit. I like Eric DaCosta. I loved Ozzie. I loved Ozzie Newsome. Ozzie Newsome to me is on the same level as Chris Spielman. So you're saying um, you love the original Browns team, the one Jim Brown play, played for. That, that was before my time. But, but uh, it's the same team. They're in Baltimore now. Yeah. Yes. Oh, d- 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 I'm not going down that rabbit hole. Nope. Nope. Not enough, not enough beer in the oh, keg tonight. Oh, you need a margarita. Um, we'll, we'll do that some other time. But uh, Senior Bowl. that team, the way they have fallen is stunning. And like, like John Harbaugh is directly responsible for two of their losses from decisions that he's made, whether you're criticizing the, mm-hmm. the decision to go for two or the ridiculously asinine play calls that he called with the personnel on the field. John like, Harbaugh, who we would at, 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 at week zero of this year love to have had as our coach versus now Dan Campbell. We've had a couple where he's, ah, right. it's Dan's problem. Dan Not has made some mistakes, yeah. but that that's the thing is that, I, and this is where I encourage Detroit fans to watch somebody and pay attention to somebody besides Detroit. Yeah. The whole Detroit versus everybody thing poisons y'all because you don't pay attention to what's going on around everywhere else. It's really true in the NBA. It's even more true in the NFL. Y'all got to broaden your horizons just a little bit. Um, you can't yes. do Detroit versus everybody when you're when you're trying to make points about Detroit Riz. Riz. because the everybody else matters too. Riz. And the context that John Harbaugh has made some really clunker decisions at the end of games this year. Sean Payton, another coach that a lot of people in Detroit would love over Dan Campbell, has made some really poor decisions in game this year. It, it's not just a Dan Campbell thing, and I'm that's why I'm encouraged that Dan Campbell has learned. I think he's done a much better job of game management over the course of the year. He, th- could he be better? Yeah. Is he getting better? Yes. That's that's encouraging to me. Riz, Riz, I got to I got to I got to call you out on something. I'm sorry. All uh, right. You know I live down in Tampa, right? You know, I'm, yes. I'm down here in the south. And, Bruce Arians a very interesting decision maker yeah, and guy with COVID now. And he's um, on COVID. Now. I yeah. um I heard you use a word, um, and it's our word, uh, y'all. What? As a guy in Michigan living in, you can't use y'all. That's our word. It's down in the south, right? That's ours. So I lived in Virginia for years. I lived in Texas for years. You can say you all, but the, y'all is our. No, word. It, I, <laughs> I, I've always been y'all. All, y'all, y'all, and all y'all. <laughs> I'm just kicking you the Jimmy. All right, Lions offensive coordinator. The Voso Trust Forum for you using people in Spanish three. <laughs> Lions offensive coordinator for next year. This is an interesting concept. We are going it's to not on this. the Lions right now. That's my bold proclamation. Don't ask me who it will be. I don't know. Don't ask me. I don't know. Listen to Ozzy Osbourne all day. <laughs> um, but it's not. On, he's not currently in the building. That's my bold proclamation. Mm, okay. Yeah. I don't. Just, okay, so let me. I have a couple points on that, that that he's not in the building. Please do. He's not Dan Campbell. 
Okay, Dan Campbell is not the next Absolutely offensive coordinator for the, <laughs> the Detroit Lions. I think, to be honest with you, I think he's probably capable. A whole offseason, the work, getting the right people in place, I think he is capable. But it goes back to the Karen thing we talked about. You needed someone to escalate to. He will not be the offensive coordinator next year. I'm just, that's, that's my take. <laughs> Could he be? Could he make that decision? Yes. Yes, but he could. That puts a whole hell of a lot of spotlight on him. I feel like for Dan Campbell, he wants to be able to make another mistake hiring an offensive coordinator and take it over and say, I'm taking it in my hands. He's got a six-year contract, remember, so he can do that. Throw another offensive coordinator out if he has to, and then he takes over offensive coordinator duties. And by that time, you're year four, and they can can him, or five, and they can can him if that's what the ownership wants to do. But that's his succession plan. He will hire another offensive coordinator to take on those duties. I'm not saying that that's what's going to happen. I'm just going to say that's the the failure avenue, and you have to plan for the failure avenue when things don't go right. Mm -hmm. Okay. Ben Johnson, the internal guy who is – the, he's a tight ends coach. He is handling the play, the the pass calls, uh, pass play calling and design yes. with Dan Campbell in the playbook. The the, yes, the evolution is. of the playbook this this season. He is the only internal candidate. People talked about Deuce like crazy, and that just, just had to hammer that down. That, that, Deuce that's a, a non-starter. Yeah, it's not going to happen. <laughs> is Ben the guy? Ben's the only guy internally that's going to get a shot at it. I am not certain, and I don't. My I'm less than fifty percent that he's going to get that role. Okay, I just he may take on a different role next year uh, other than tight ends coach. I just don't know that he will be the offensive coordinator. The other side, I have to say, Aylin is still doing the run game coordination with some other coaches in the in the building. And and he's he's kind of owned that for a bit. We've we've known this. We've talked about in the slack all the way back sure, to before yeah. the bye week before it was anybody knew. <laughs> Trust me, before anybody Chris knew. Does. <laughs> it was in there. Um and that's what's that's what's that's what's happening. That's what's been happening, right? Dan took the bull by the horns. He's done. He's 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 obviously um, been able to execute better. What's out there is when you look at offensive coordinator availability in the Detroit Lions, and this is a conversation we're going to have probably for the next what is it four weeks because they're going to have him weeks. locked in before the Senior Bowl, right? The Senior Bowl's five weeks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So right now, the candidates that you see out there, and of course, they're not interviewing anybody. Because <laughs> you, you can't interview That's what agents are for. Which is why I say Brad Holmes might have come with Jared Goff. But anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Back to that. <laughs> Great. I'm, uh, I've processed a lot of that margarita now. I'm liking this thinking. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> who who do you think? And it's only a theory. It's not a conspiracy theory. I'm a, I'm a theory of one. Um, who do you think are, are big targets or potential targets out there in the landscape for OCs? I'll be honest with you. I haven't looked that far ahead because I'm I'm still processing what's going on with the season. Uh, I don't like to speculate about people who are currently employed elsewhere because that's, in my profession, that is irresponsible and that does get you in trouble. So I, that the not, that I would, not that I would know, <laughs> but um, I, I'll say this. There's a lot of people that, that are mentioning Joe Brady. That guy is made for college football. He is not cut out for the NFL. And I think he knows that. And talking to a couple people in Carolina who covered him, they think that he knows that too. So I would not expect Joe Brady to be a serious candidate. He might be somebody that, you know, gets some money um, or tries to draw up money by by making himself a candidate. But I I don't know. It, 
There's going to be some coaches that are fired. Matt Nagy is going to be fired. I think most everybody in Chicago is going to be fired. Um, Can I ask really going, quick, really, oh, yeah. no, Urban Meyer is already fired. There's been some people yeah. speculating that Jim Caldwell uh, interviews in the in Chicago. I'm like, eh, I don't think he's going to land in the NFC North. I don't think. I feel like Jacksonville is a natural fit. He's the quarterback whisperer, right? What they said. You've got Trevor Lawrence, who you need to rescue from a, from a sinking ship. I feel like Jim Caldwell is the perfect guy to step in there and write the dumpster, the dumpster full of tire he fire be, that they've yes. got going on. <laughs> um, and, and I put this on Twitter. The two candidates that I would look at if I were Shad Khan, the owner of the Jaguars, and the, in, in this order, Marvin Lewis and Jim Caldwell. Hmm. As you remember, I wanted Marvin in Detroit because I thought he would be a perfect guy, um, especially when we still thought Stafford would be around. Um, which, Can you imagine you know, Marvin that, Lewis and no Stafford? <laughs> uh, I, I will. I look. I, I love Marvin Lewis. I love I that guy, I um, and I think he's criminally underappreciated as a coach because he never won a damn playoff game. Um, the fact that he won division titles over Mike Tomlin and John Harbaugh consistently in Cincinnati, where they had to do their own laundry and pay for their own freaking Gatorade, you but look at the cat. Look at the, how long he was good there. That the fact that that guy hasn't got another shot is weird to me. Now maybe he doesn't want it, and that's the thing with Caldwell. He got his shot in the XFL, and his health problems reared up again. And I. I, I don't know Jim Caldwell at all. I don't know if he's healthy or not, but he is not a young man. Last so I, time I, we were at Senior Bowl Live, I was on the plane with Jim Caldwell. Yeah. And he looked rather healthy. And this is after his health problems kind of popped up. Yeah. I'm just going to tell you, I think he's he's ready to rock and roll. I think he's Let in me good look shape. Up. I, don't even, I don't know how old he is. I want to say he's 67. Yeah. Let me ask you this. There's, this is a good question, and I, I have an answer in my head. He is 66. Yeah. He will, oh, he will be 67 in, in January 16th, so he, is, he will be 67. Who makes the final call on who the new offensive coordinator is? Holmes? Dan Campbell? Who does the research? It, Ken it's Dorsey. a collab. It's, it's, it, this is where the spirit of collaboration comes in. Chris Spielman will have input on it. Dan Campbell will have input on it. John Dorsey will have some input on it, I bet. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think if Jared Goff is coming back and they're committed to him as being the quarterback for next year, they will at least run it by him. Mm-hmm. Like, like, not, he won't have the final say, but like, hey, do you think you can work with this guy? And I will I, tell I hope you that they don't. The final say is going to be Dan Campbell's because, and, and it should be absolutely. By the way. <laughs> Dan Campbell is the one that's going to be accountable for performance of the team over time. But Brad Dan Holmes will talent guy. will respect Dan will respect 100%. the input of the others. He will solicit it. He will absolutely yeah. solicit it, and yes, it will, will if if he's smart. It will. I don't want to say if he's smart. This is the wrong way. To, that's the wrong way because he is a really smart guy. the The end of the the end of the day, everyone's going to feel like it was a collaborative decision, even though it was Dan's ultimate choice. That is the ideal environment to make those kinds of things happen. I think with the folks you have in that room and the way that the the team is built, that they will come to whether they agree or disagree, they will agree on how they got there and why. That uh, the the best choice is the one that Dan Campbell made. That's what you're going to get to with with this team. But um, his his role again as a servant leader is to ensure that the rest of the people feel that he heard them, he worked with them, he understood what they saw, why they saw it, and makes a decision that they're comfortable with. If they're not comfortable with it, if these folks are that far apart on their evaluation. I think you're going to find people that probably don't belong in that front office. This isn't groupthink. It's different than groupthink. 
And, yes, and, yes, it is. And you will. It, it's it's a good creative. Um, what's the what's the word I'm looking? Creative tension that that goes on. But uh, Dan Campbell owns this, and Dan Campbell owns this decision. It will be his decision, and it is his person because if the offensive coordinator and the defensive coordinator cannot execute, and this team stinks, it is him that is on to the go line back to Metallica for, for a minute. Jason Newstead got left out of the band as they collected his decision, but it was really Lars pulling the strings. Mm-hmm. And that that's mm-hmm. sort of where you're at with this. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And if the talent, and it was a collect, it was a collective decision to bring in Robert Trujillo. But again, it was Lars. who's like, mm-hmm. I want that guy. Bad move, Lars. <laughs> uh, if, if, <laughs> if um, the talent is on the field and the draft picks are bombs, well, it's on Brad Holmes. They have their areas of responsibility. They have their lanes that they work in. And that's how things play out. All right. Anything else on the offensive coordinator for now, Riz? I know we've got a couple of weeks, so we're going to talk about it and go a little more in depth on. Uh, I'm not. I'm not there yet. I. I. I do. Uh, as I, I. As I said, I don't know who it will be, but I do not think it will be internal. Mm-hmm. I, I think Ben Johnson will get a promotion to be the. If Deuce um, is gone, and he'll take Deuce's job. Rob and well, and Deuce Deuce could get hired somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And if he does, more power to him. Great, yeah. good job. He earned it. And, look, and look what he look what he's done this year. He's earned it. And frankly, <laughs> I, I hate to say this, I, I really do. But if Deuce gets hired elsewhere, I'm happy for him. I'm happy for the Lions. I'm happy that it happened because it'll actually attract more coaching talent to the team because they did uh, what yeah. they said they were going to do. Dan Campbell from the beginning said, Deuce Staley's going to be brought in here. He's going to be developed for his coaching role somewhere else. And they, yep. if he goes and does that, it's executed perfectly. Other people come in yep. and say, wow, I go there, spend a little time and get promoted. Wow, that that's what I wow, want to that, do. That's, that's what I want. That's, that, that's how uh, – <laughs> that, that, there's a lot of coaches that have gotten a lot of mileage out of that. Uh, Pete Carroll has made a living off of doing that. <laughs> yeah. And and you see it again. I mean, you talk about it from uh, coaches. You talk about it from players, from free agents. You've created a culture from top to bottom now where people want to come to play, where people want to show up and do their best. I mean, can you imagine, seriously, being the person that played for the team that brought the Lions a playoff win? Or two wins, or eventually to a super. Can you imagine the 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 the, the you would the, that is the almost the epitome of any sport in your career to take a team like the Lions, the two eleven and one or two and fifty and one, whatever they are, Lions, and and push them and be part of that. That's a big deal. That and and you have to have the ego to do it. You have to have the confidence to do it. And you have to have the ability. And it leads to when you bring coaches together and people that work together, and you create an environment like we see in Allen Park right now. It's the kind of ultimate place that people want to end up. It's a landing spot. And Detroit hasn't been that for over a decade. Easy. That's that's, that's the truth right there. Yeah, yeah. All right. Look ahead to the Seahawks really quick, Riz. We're we're going long, man. We are. Did I talk about Amazon? Amazon.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. You have not. You need to. Oh, my goodness. Have you not been to Amazon.DetroitLionsPodcast.com? Go there, set it up, take the money out of Bezos' pocket, throw it in ours. Help us out a little bit. It's not a lot, but everything is a little bit towards the the big goal. Amazon.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Help the show out by doing something you were going to do anyway and help us love you harder, longer, and more than ever before. Amazon.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. All right. Uh, Look ahead to the Seahawks. (laughs) What do you got for us, Riz? This is a winnable game, right? But but by the same token, it is. it's in Seattle, 
And frankly, I, I, it's, this is probably, I don't know, it's probably a mean word today, but the Seahawks are schizophrenic. I don't know what team's showing up on Sunday. That's that's a very apt way to describe them. Keep in mind, this is their last home game. It could be Pete Carroll's last game in Seattle. It could be Russell Wilson's last game in Seattle. It could be Bobby Wagner's last game in Seattle. Like, like uh, I'm not kidding. They have the real potential to blow everything up there. Yeah, like, yeah, sell it all off, strip it down. Because they, they know that their window is, is effectively closed with, with where they're at and the division that they're in. Yep. Um, I don't know that they're going to do that, but it, it, you can certainly justify it. And by the way, Pete Carroll is one of the oldest, if not the oldest coach in the NFL. So it's, it's not absurd that that would happen. Maybe they go out in a blaze of glory and they win 56 to nothing. That would not surprise me. I can also see the Lions going in there and taking an early lead, running the ball effectively. Jared Goff you know, avoiding making mistakes. Um, the offensive line bullying their defensive front, which isn't that great. Their their secondary is vulnerable. They don't run the ball particularly well. Like Lions, Lions could win this game in a similar fashion that they beat Arizona and win you know thirty one to sixteen or something like that. And that wouldn't surprise me either. Uh, we got to see who's who's on and off the COVID list from both teams by the end of the week because, as we know, unfortunately, it's a very fluid situation. There have been over 150 players added to the COVID list in the last three days. That's not going to change or ebb, in my I, opinion. I'm thinking it's <laughs> underreported my potential that there's no fans of the Green Bay game. I'm telling you. This thing is firing up huge I, right now. That will, and, I will, I will say that that will not be a decision made by the governor of Michigan. Thank God, um, and that's as political as I'll get on that. But uh, it wouldn't surprise me if that is something that is done. Yeah, the the announcement came out yesterday. If anyone hasn't heard it, that the NFL now for the media, fully vaccinated. The definition is the. Two plus one, you're boosted, right? Or Johnson, had, Johnson yes, we, and we got a memo from the the Pro Football Writers PFWA uh, that if you haven't gotten boosted yet, you need to get it immediately. Yep. The Lions have gone completely virtual with their media for the rest of the regular season. So that means let's just be- that means Dave Burkett, Justin Rogers, they will not be in Allen Park either. Yep. Everything is being done via Zoom now. So the the thing is, if the NFL right now is already saying the boost is now fully vaccinated, you know. The CDD, CDC has already got that on the table. It's going to be in the next week or two. You're going to find out that fully vaccinated now means this, right? The 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 coof is huge. It's this the new variant is all over the place. There's you know they're taking the precautions that they they believe are the best, and already the media is being required with that kind of a change though. Being the NFL being in front of this ahead of the CDC ahead of everybody else talking about what fully vaccinated means. I would not still be surprised if that last game of the season was completely virtual. We'll see what happens. I hope they can get it through. They may try to push it over the line because there's a lot of money at stake and they want to collect it. Uh, That's again, another driver for the NFL. We'll see uh, what that means, but boy, it's going to be, it's fascinating where, because like you said, the NFL is being very productive. They were in front of everybody else and like, let's not, we're not going to require testing for asymptomatic players, whether they're vaccinated or not. That's that's where a lot of people have wanted to get to for a long time in a lot of different reaches of the country. The NFL has spearheaded that. Now they have also spearheaded the the, the five day quarantine requirement instead of ten days, which now I believe I believe the CDC adopted that today. I could be wrong, but yeah, it's uh, 
Yeah, um, it, it's going to be fascinating. So, you know, and, and as for this weekend, who knows who, who knows who's going to be on the on the field for either team? Uh, and and again, the unpredictability. I want to say that the to to do the weather weather forecast thing. Um, I'll put that head on. I think it's a it's a forty percent chance of the Lions raining on the Seahawks parade. Yeah, I think you muted yourself. Ooh, I like that. I'll take those odds all day if I'm a Lions fan. Yeah, I did. Yeah, because I I do think that what the Lions, similar to Atlanta, what the Lions do well matches up well with what the Seahawks don't do well. Mm -hmm. But if you're telling me that the personnel that we had on Sunday is out there again, like if you're telling me that Jared Jared Pickney's going to get five targets when he signs on the team on Tuesday. Here's the thing. I don't know, man. Here's the thing, right? (laughs) The Detroit Lions and the the Seattle Seahawks are moving in two different directions. The Seahawks know that it's all folding and blowing up, right? It's, I don't want to get hurt. I'm going to sign my next contract. But we said that three weeks ago about them, and then they ripped off two wins in a row. So I've got to sign my next contract. We're not really in the playoffs, right? Russ is gone. Carroll's gone. It may well be. There's two sets, you know, mind sets here is either we're going to, we're going to just go out with a victory and do it. It's hard to keep a a team together like that. Campbell's done it. It is. Campbell's done it. And Campbell's taken a team and held them together and said, we are building for the future. Carroll's trying to keep a team together to say, we're in the Denouement. This is the final chapter. How do you stay together and not think about when you're a player who's 24 years old, how much are you given at this point, right? I mean, I don't know, right? It, it depends. Yeah, how on much? How much at. do you give if you're a 31 year old defensive end Ooh. who's trying to play, trying to get one more contract yeah. and trying not to get hurt by Panay Sewell running you over? Yeah, yeah, that's a great, great point. So. Seattle's got some of them. <laughs> so we're looking at a 40 percent chance of rain on the Seattle Seahawks parade. I'll I'll ride that. I'll ride that with you, Riz. I'm I'm good with that. Good. Um, with that, I'm going to call it show, Riz. We've gone long. We've gone really long. We have. Today, We've gone way too long, but it's, it's, it's look. It's been a, it's been an interesting week. I think we both needed this as a release, and I'm happy that we were able to provide it. So. Much love, brother. Much love. Let's see. Don't forget, we got Brad Holmes with Jared Goff, and don't forget about us on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions Podcast. Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions Podcast. You get access to the Slack if you're a good person. You get access to the Slack. I will tell you. By mid-January, late January, we're probably going to change it so that it's $5 a month to get access to the Slack instead of one. Anyone who's in there now is going to be grandfathered in. So yeah, you'll get grandfathered in. We're, we're, we're not one. evil like yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. But just yeah. situations, conversations, and not inflation, but uh, other Asians are in, in play there. So patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. I'll tell you the, the best information, insider and otherwise, is available there. You guys will love it. The Slack chat is the place to be on the internet, and it's the place to be because we manage it and make sure that it is the most intelligent Lions chat on the internet, period, bar none, end of story. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at DET Lions Podcast, DET Lions Podcast, and at Jeff Risden, that little fella. You can see what he's got going on, too. Uh, give us a call via Skype, Detroit Lions Podcast, all one word, Detroit Lions Podcast, or call us on the Lions line at 929-33-LIONS, 929-335-4667. And be sure to go to DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Subscribe to the podcast, because, Riz, what do you want to do? I want to come into your ear holes automatically. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you next time on the Detroit Lions podcast. Remember, no pants, no toasters, no hot tubs, no problems, and no media credentially biasy stuff. Because we're your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. (laughs) 
Final seconds winding down, and look at that. How big is that? Chris and Case out of time. Pack the bag, start the plane. This show is over. You've had enough of that shit.